milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today and wish Benjamin Franklin a happy birthday. That's right. His birthday was today. On this day in history, January 17th, 1706, Benjamin Franklin, founding father, born in Boston, elder statesman of revolutionaries, most famous American, America of his error, American of his error, Franklin chose patriotism over London, society's embrace. He also spent some time in France, from what I recall. Actually, I lived in Philadelphia, and my back windows overlooked Benjamin Franklin's house and his courtyard, and it's just a frame of a house. But I used to walk through the first post office every single day to get to my P.O. box, and go and grab lunch. And on my way to do that, I would walk through this little tunnel, through the Benjamin Franklin Courtyard, down onto Chestnut Street, and then take a right and walk between the Liberty Bell and Independence Hall. And let me tell you something, that never got old. And two blocks, three blocks down the street, from there, Locust and, say, around... 10th Street or 8th Street uh, was where the first Republican convention uh, occurred at the Music Fund Hall on Locust and I'm not sure, I think it's about 8th Street. And that sign, the placard out in front says that the Republican Party was established in 1854 to abolish slavery. Huh. And you wonder why it is that the Democrats vote for the left, who actually wrote the Jim Crow laws and were the biggest segregationists that ever walked the earth and that have these secret societies where only white privileged people can go. Even uh, Senator Whitehouse goes to this 
all-white men club in Rhode Island. He's a senator from Rhode Island. And they just get a pass on all this stuff. But they hate the orange man. They hate orange man bad, even though his clubs have been <laughs> never had a, a you know, an indiscriminate, um, never had a discriminating, indiscriminating uh, impact on anything. And in fact, received awards from black leaders, including the black leaders like Al Sharpton, who runs his National Action Network, right? And that's a joke. That's a bit of a joke. But nevertheless, Biden, they welcome Biden with open arms over there. And Biden is such a stupid man. I mean, he has got to be the dumbest guy on the planet. Goes to the National Action Network to kiss the ring of Al Sharpton. And lo and behold, who is there to celebrate Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday? Jr. would make him Martin Luther King II, right? So there's Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King had a son. That was Martin Luther King Jr. He was assassinated in 1968. And and then he he had a son, and his name is Martin Luther King III. And Martin Luther King III welcomed Joe Biden to the National Action Network. And I guess that's Al Sharpton's outfit. And it just so happens that Martin Luther King III's wife had a birthday yesterday. And so Joe Biden decided to get all hamming it up, friendly. And he decided that he was going to sing happy birthday to Martin Luther King III's wife. Let's see how that went. But, but congratulations today to the honorees, uh, including your wife, uh, who I understand uh, is a birthday today. Well, look, my wife has a rule in her family. On somebody's birthday, sing happy birthday. You ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Alan. Happy birthday to you. Well, it's hell turning 30, but you got to. But congratulations. What the heck was that? What was this? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Oh, my God. Did he just forget the girl's name? Did he, he just forgot the girl's name. Oh, my goodness. Wow. The President of the United Mr. 81 million votes choked. No wonder he sat in his basement and campaigned, but knowing that the election was going to be rigged, that the computers were going to somehow, uh, they already foreseen the outcome. There was no chain of custody of ballots. People were allowed to mail in their ballots a month prior to the election, and they were able to be counted weeks after the election. Tell me, what could go wrong there, right? Of course he knew. He couldn't fill up six circles in a field. Couldn't fill up half a high school gym. And then he has the nerve to say, my daughter is a social worker, as if somehow black people are associated with social workers. I don't get it. But it turns out that Ashley Biden hadn't been a social worker since 2012. 
Even if I didn't want to do this, I'd be in real trouble. My daughter's a social worker, and this is what she does. And so if I didn't, I'd be in real trouble with my Ashley. You got an Ashley? We got an Ashley. You think I'm joking? I'm not joking. No, I don't think you're joking, Joe. I think you're lying, but I don't think you're joking. Ashley's the one that wrote the diary that said you wanted to have showers with her and did. And she thought it was inappropriate. That's what... But then Joe doubles down and he starts kicking the teeth out of the right wing, associating the right wing with wanting AR-15s. I don't have an AR-15, but um, somehow Joe is just going to punch 50% of the country in the face by threatening them. You got an AR-15? Well, we got an F-15. You want to come at the federal government, you're going to have to get yourself some fighter jets. Well... Last I checked, we own those doggone fighter jets, Joe. We own them. Not you. We do. And ban the number of bullets and go in a magazine. There's no, no need for any of that. I love my right-wing friends who talk about the tree of liberty is water of the blood of patriots. Give me a, if you need to work about taking on the federal government, you need some F-15s. You don't need it. An AR-15. I'm serious. Think about it. We're not planning on taking on our own government. But if you want to kill us all, that's fine, too, because we're not going to sit here and take orders from you. That's number one. Number two, it's about protecting our families because you want to defund the police, you moron. I mean, that's what's going on here. And I'll tell you, Mark Levin really kind of said it best. He set the tone for the fight. And uh, I'm going to pull up his clip. It was uh, a really great clip. And um, so, you know, basically we are at war. People need to realize that. Let's take a listen to Mark Levin. I, I thought what he said was really, really great. The country goes through different cycles. Some good, some not so good. We're going through a very bad cycle right now. Jefferson said, Joseph Story said, Ronald Reagan said, if we're going to be destroyed, we're going to be destroyed from within. We're being destroyed from within. There's simply no question about it. There are forces in this country that have devoured much of the culture who hate the country. They don't believe in individual liberty. They believe in centralized government. They destroy the language. They destroy the gender. They destroy our history. They destroy our founders. There's only one movement in America that's standing up to them, and it's Convention of States. There's not another one. That's right. Decentralize our government. Uh, we are a republic. And uh, we are decentralized. And I remember uh, Obama saying something to the effect, it's impossible to rig America's elections because we're so decentralized. But they managed to find a way, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Uh, they figured it out. They schemed. They got pen to paper and they figured out a way to try to rig these elections. Meanwhile... What we get in return is we certainly don't get uh, representation. 
That's for sure. Um, so I wanted to play a couple of other clips before we pivot to the World Economic Forum in Davos. Uh, so um, we're going to get to that in just a second. I'm looking at something I was dealing with a, a little bit of a technical issue on this end, but it's 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 worked out. All right. So, you know, the the government's been lying to us. Obviously, we see we see the lies happening all the time with regard to um, Joe Biden and his his visitor logs. Uh, the constant movement of the documents and how many documents there are, the chain of custody, what the contents of the documents are, what the subject matter of the documents are, what era, what year, what date these documents come from, what what play did the National Archives play in the missing of these documents? Why didn't they report them? Uh, why uh, was there two standards of justice? Why did the raid on Mar-a-Lago and not the raid here? And we've talked about all of this infinitum. I mean, we have two standards of justice. It's not just that we have two standards of justice. We have a very, very corrupt FBI. <clears throat> we got the CIA and the State Department using um, agencies like USAID and NIH to finance NGOs and other groups to wage coups in other countries and rig elections in other countries. Remember when we heard Victoria Nuland from the State Department in 2014 with David Pyatt and basically talking about picking and choosing the leaders of Ukraine? How did that work out? Did that work out okay for us all? Not really. $100 billion goes to Ukraine slush fund when we know that Hunter Biden was receiving at least enough money to pay for a house rental. Uh, Joe Biden was getting paid $50,000 a month. Hunter Biden, where'd he get that? He's a crack fiend. He just got kicked out of the Navy. And all of a sudden, he's got $50,000 a month. Where's he getting that kind of uh, money? Scratch. Um, and he not only got that with with a pedigree of he's a heroin addict, he's a sex addict, he's got a an account on Pornhub, he's naked half the day, sleeping with anybody who knows who, right? They buried all that. That's 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 the worst of it, really. All the shenanigans and charades that he was doing. But it turns out Dinesh D'Souza um, looked it up on Zillow. If you were to rent the house that he was paying $50,000 a month for, guess what it would rent for? $7,600 a month. It's a nice house. Nice pool. But it wasn't worth 50000 a month. It was worth 7600 a month. 7600 a month gets you a nice little house like that in Delaware. Guess what? That's money laundering, folks. That's what that is. You know, there's a meme up here, too. We're going to be talking a little bit about COVID today uh, as it relates to the World Economic Forum mission. We're going to talk a lot about World Economic Forum today. But there's this meme, and it's staring me right in the face, so I'll be remiss to not talk about it. 
It's a picture of Bill Gates when he was in his in the eighties, and it's a picture of or nineties, and it's a picture of Bill Gates today, in front of the World Economic Forum. And he says, "I remember when this guy. Well, today he might not even be at the World. He may have pulled out of the World Economic Forum this year. There might there might be some security issues at the World Economic Forum. Turns out that some people want to blow that thing up, but." That's a whole different story for a different day because uh, it's speculative and nobody knows what's going on over there yet. But there's some strange activity, let's put it that way. Um, but there's a meme, Bill Gates in the 90s, you know, wearing his little glasses, heading up Microsoft and, you know, constantly in court for monopolistic tendencies And then today, you know, he's got a picture of a vial of a vaccine in his hand. And it says, I I remember when this guy on the left, the guy from the 90s, I remember when this guy used, used to, I remember when this guy used to create viruses in Windows and then sell the antivirus to put out the virus. Right? I wonder what he's doing now. Is Bill Gates doing the same thing now with that, uh, that uh, what was it, 102 project or something like that from October uh, of 2019? The 201 project. 201 project. Remember that? The 201 event from October 2019? If you don't know about it, look it up. It was a pre-pandemic staging ground Rehearsal. It was a dress rehearsal, and everything that he talked about was exact. It came out exactly as scripted. And this bioweapon is now connected. It is directly connected to not only USAID and NIH, uh, and uh, um, a lot of the companies that Fauci was doing business with, but Eco Alliance for one. You know. And it was a bioweapon offshore of our shores in Wuhan. And it was part of a military intelligence operation. We know that. From the documents that have been released recently, we know that. They can't keep this stuff secret in this day and age. You know, the technology works both ways. Yeah, they want to control us. Because there's evildoers that actually are in control of the puppet strings and that they think that these technological public strings can can rule us. And they've been successful to a certain degree, but at some point people are just going to say no and get off the grid. I want my life back. You know, I think I would trade life in the 80s from the life that we're living now. Despite all the advancements in technology, I feel like our world has gotten worse. Our freedoms have been tarnished. Our liberties and freedoms, uh, the indoctrination of our children, the pedophilia that's going on, the open borders, and all the other stuff that's not reflective of what we're actually, who we are as a people and what we are voting for. We're voting for an apple and we're getting a fried egg or something like that. You know, like, it seems like what we're voting for and what we're getting 
is a complete and total bait and switch. Right? Like you go to Fast Eddie's in New York City, long gone now, but you know, there used to be this Fast Eddie's. Or you go to Chinatown. I remember once I was wet behind the ears. I came up, moved into New York City, and um, I got beat. Uh, I thought I was so smart with chess. Played this street guy, beat me in four moves, chess. Had to pay him uh, five bucks. Then I played the shell game. Of course, I know where the little ball is. It's under the card number two. And it's so obvious. The guy is not as slick as me. I'm smart, fresh out of college. I'm <laughs> and, of course, I got it wrong. <clears throat> the shell game got me. The chess game got me. But you know where I didn't get fooled? I didn't get fooled when this guy was selling a uh, stereo system in Chinatown. And it felt a little heavy. And it felt a little funny. It had amateur tape on it. And I was like, okay, it's a great deal, but what if there's a rock in here? <laughs> and then I come to find out that there probably was a rock in there. I don't know what was in there, but I didn't buy it. Anyway, the point is, is we're getting a bunch of rocks instead of brains in the White House and in Congress. I was trying to think today, you know, because I don't think they, they've selected a leader uh, for the Senate or, you know, for that matter, for the RNC. And we're finding out all kinds of corruption now in the RNC. They're misappropriating funds. They got $81 million going to a shell account based out of Delaware that no one knows where it exists. Because you could start a corporation in Delaware and it could be living anywhere. So I, it's gonna be, that's going to be an interesting story because I think it involves some of Trump's guys <clears throat> a little bit, but Ronald McDaniel as well. And it's going to be a lot of corruption, $81 million. You know, a lot of people say they've seen her shopping at some really fancy places and spending a lot of money. Ronald McDaniel is smelling a little bit like a Romney, you know. But here's the thing. You wonder who these leaders are. I was thinking in the Senate, who would be the leader in the Senate? I can't even think of one senator. It certainly isn't Lindsey Graham, is it? No. Mitt Romney? No. Who is it? Who is a senator? Ron Johnson, maybe. But it's certainly not Lindsey Graham. It's not Mitt Romney. It's certainly not Mitch McConnell, right? Who is it? Who is a senator over there that I could hang my hat on and feel good about it? You know, Ram Paul, that comes to mind. There's one. There's a few others, I'm sure. But we got to do better, you know, because the representation is not reflective of the voter. So there's got to be either a bait and switch going on where they're just lying through their teeth when they campaign and people are falling for it. Or I think it's the latter. I think it's rigged elections. <clears throat> and we got to get to the bottom of that. Otherwise, like Mark Levin just said when we played that clip, we're losing from our country from within. We have to be careful about that. We have to be cautious about that. Otherwise, we're going to end up like this girl, 17-year-old weeps as she recalls seeing naked trans women with, with a penis in women's changing room at California YMCA and says woke staff scolded her for complaining about it. 
This is where we are right now. Listen. Went to the gym to swim laps. As I was showering after my workout, I saw a naked male in the women's locker room. I immediately went back into the shower, terrified, and hid behind their flimsy excuse for a curtain until he was gone. I ran into a bathroom stall to change as quickly as I could, organizing my thoughts to share with the people at the front desk. As I did so, I could only think of my five-year-old sister, who I bring to this gym during the summer to to enjoy their water slides. This is the YMCA, where hundreds of children spend their summer afternoons in childcare camps. This is the YMCA where my little sister took gymnastics lessons. The locker room was supposed to be her safe haven to gossip with her friends and shower and change. When I asked the YMCA management what their policy was regarding transgenders, they confirmed that the man that I saw was indeed allowed to shower wherever he pleased. As long as you are not a red flag on Megan's Law, the California Sex Offender Registry, a grown male can shower alongside a teenage girl at your YMCA location here in Santee. I was made to feel as though I had done something wrong when I talked to people at the YMCA. Somehow, the indecent exposure of a male to a female minor was an inconvenience to them. When my dad spoke to the sheriff's office, they told him that he should never allow me to shower there ever again. The YMCA wouldn't let my father speak to the manager of the Santee branch. After waiting several days, he finally received a call from Terry Moss, who is the director of membership for San Diego County. She informed my dad that I was not in any danger at the time of the incident, that I was safe. But I ask you this, I'm assuming all of you either have a wife, a sister, daughters or granddaughters or are a woman yourself. Could you knowingly send an underage girl into a room where there was a naked male and say that she was not in danger, that she was safe, or more importantly, that this was right? The fact that we are now tailoring our privacy policies and bathroom laws around transgenders, ignoring the blatant threat to safety that this poses is obscene. And of course, Joe Biden supports grown men showering with young girls. You know, that's what he's done with his daughter. Ashley, according to Ashley's diary. But that that particular audio just really aggravates me. I mean, my uh, anger level there is not, my voice is not indicative of my anger level. It certainly is not reflecting that. I just can't stand that. I, I can't stand what we've become. And these liberals are just letting this happen. They know what's going on. It's disgusting. It truly is disgusting. And these elections and these representatives are being bought and paid for by Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum. And that is my biggest beef, that our representatives are answering to the power elite structure outside of our borders. And that's why we open our borders to accommodate the strategy of the World Economic Forum, which has become a basically a broker, a conference, to where governments get together with corporations, and I'm talking about the most the richest, most powerful corporations, like BlackRock, and basically colluding, strategizing, coordinating to where you end up getting all kinds of 
wish list programs. Take a listen to Dr. Malone here talking about the World Economic Forum should be shut down. Let's take a listen. Dr. Malone is one of the pioneers of the mRNA gene therapy who also indicates that this COVID vaccine is not a vaccine. It's a gene therapy tool. From a belief system that says that nation state is an obsolete idea and we have to have a one world government that is basically a fusion of the interests of corporations and politics, global politics. And we got to start by finding out who they are, voting them out of office, making sure they are not part of our governments. Two notable characters here in the United States are Governors Inslee and Newsom. Okay? We've got to out these people. We've got to force them to account for whether or not they're Americans or are they globalists. And if they're globalists, they got to get out. We've got to get rid of them. We've got to take back ownership of our country. If you believe in the Constitution, if you believe in the principles of free speech and personal autonomy, medical autonomy and autonomy at every level, other level, it's time to fight. You know, or your children are going to live in basically a techno-fascism for the rest of their natural lives as serfs. As serfs, right. Let's take a listen to a couple of other uh, uh, audio that I have. Incidentally, before we find that next clip, after years of denials, the FBI has finally admitted that Seth Rich, remember Seth Rich? From 2016, during the primary season for the Democrats, wound up dead in the street with gunshot holes in his back. And he was working and colluding with Maria Butina, who is uh, Alexander Torshin's, ha- uh, handled by Alexander Torshin. And they were uh, communicating at the American University in D.C., and they were dropping off data to get to WikiLeaks. And there was a guy uh, that um, that was a, a WikiLeaks founder, uh, right-hand man, and he was given a speech there at American University. And they finagled away to get the data, the, the flash drive to WikiLeaks. And it was a flash drive that cut off at a certain date and John Podesta said, we're going to make an example out of this person. And Seth Rich wound up dead. And now the FBI is admitting. So it says, after years of denials, the FBI has finally admitted that Seth Rich is directly linked to the hack of the Democrat National Committee email servers in 2016. This is a document for case 420-CV-00447-ALM, document 92, filed January 1st, 13th of January, Friday, the 13th, 2023. It's page 2 of 21, page ID 3165. It's a brand new document, just released. And it says the FBI has been in possession of a report about Seth Rich work laptop for nearly five years. This happened in 2019. Or, no, 2016, but litigated in 2019, right? So, 
They just lie to you. Here's more lies, and then we're going to get to some other things here. Take a listen. Was when they spied on my campaign. They spied on my campaign. Look, there's no real evidence of that. Of course there is. No. It's all over the place. CBS. A new report from special counsel John Durham. Clinton campaign lawyers paid a tech company to infiltrate Trump servers to fabricate a connection between Trump and Russia. Hillary Clinton broke the law to frame Trump as a Russian traitor. This is truly unprecedented, truly something that has never happened in the history of our great country. This is a digital insurrection. Turns out the Trump-Russian collusion story was just a deflection from the Hillary-Russian collusion story. Trump was right. Trump was telling the truth. It was you, Hillary Clinton, who undermined our democracy. There are people that should go to jail. I I wish we had justice uh, we would not have these problems if we had justice do you know what i mean and this is what we're getting here so let's take a listen to a reporter from turning point usa on the ground uh rebel news is out there as well and nobody wants to talk to the reporters it's all closed down secret society rebel news can't get a hold of anybody um no one wants to talk to them and here's Turning Point. This is Savannah Hernandez, reporter for Turning Point USA, on the ground in Davos, Switzerland, to report on the 2023 meeting of the World Economic Forum. Now, this year's focus and slogan is cooperation in a fragmented world, and they're focusing in on the cost of living crisis, specifically food prices rising and energy prices rising. But another issue that is at the forefront is climate change, which is interesting to me because back in 2022, it was reported that over 1,000 private jets were utilized to fly people into Davos during the week of the World Economic Forum's meeting, basically quadrupling carbon emissions for that time frame. Now, another issue that is going to be discussed is vaccination. We know that the WEF has been at the forefront of pushing the global digital vaccine passport for the masses, and many people, now that more heart-related issues are being tied to the vaccine, are becoming very apprehensive of it. So we're going to be asking members and attendees here what their thoughts are on this. Now, it's been reported that attendees as well cannot even enter the meeting without taking a PCR test. If they deny the PCR test, their badge will be deactivated. If they test positive for COVID-19, their badge, again, will be deactivated. So we will be on the ground here in this remote village in Switzerland where the average public would not be able to come and ask the people in attendance their thoughts on a lot of these global issues. Thousands of world leaders are in attendance to talk about policy that is going to affect you and me but the public, for example, there were protesters here yesterday and it was reported that they actually had to hike to this area to even be able to protest Um, again, does not have access to speak to the people. So we're on the ground for you. Turning Point USA will be here all week so stay tuned for our reporting. So they also incorporated that QR code kind of um, Chinese-based system where if it turns red, uh, you don't get in. And that's exactly the kind of thing that they want across the board. They want just absolute control of every aspect of your life. They want to go as far as even putting a brain, a chip in your brain. Klaus Schwab Nobody loves the idea. Safe if not everybody is vaccinated. Are you vaccinated? If I yes. Am? Well, that's a lie right off its face, right? How many times have we heard uh, vaccines are 100%, uh, 100% efficacy, that they'll, you will not get the uh, virus if you have the vaccine? 
How many times have we heard that? So he opens it right up right there with a flat-out lie. It's a total lie. Everything that they've promised, this utopian world, where's the utopia? This is the world's worst world I think we've all, as a group, have ever lived in. And this is their utopia? What's good for them, though? They're getting rich. They're, red, they're getting the red carpet treatment. They're eating the steaks while you're eating the bugs. Nobody will be safe if not everybody is vaccinated. Are you vaccinated? If I yes. may ask. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm very, very pro vaccination. Yeah. We've, uh, it's the science protocol. Can you imagine that in 10 years when we are sitting here, we have an implant in our uh, brains? And um, I can immediately feel because you all will have implants. Just think of senses planted into our brains. Basically, it implanted in your skull. So. Uh, but it would be flush with your skull. So you basically uh, take out a chunk of skull, replace, put the neural link device in there. Um, you'd, you'd put the the electrode. You'd insert the electrode threads very carefully into the the brain. It doesn't change what you are doing. So that was Elon Musk talking about his Neuralink. Here we're back to Klaus Schwab, transhumanism. It changes you if you take a genetic editing. It's a fusion of the physical, the digital, and the biological world. That's really the essence of the fourth industrial revolution. A merger with biological intelligence and machine intelligence. An effort for man to merge with machine in yes. a healthy way. Yes. To beat machines, you basically have to merge with machines. Most likely, yes. As work is changing, is a universal basic income um, really a, a, a solution to, the, to this problem? I think ultimately we will have to have some kind of universal basic income. And I think some kind of a universal basic income is going to be necessary. Decarbonization of the economy. Where are they traveling? How are they traveling? What are they eating? What are they consuming on the platform? So, individual carbon footprint tracker. Mm. Stay tuned. We don't have it operational yet, but this is something that we're working on. I mean, my top recommendation, honestly, would be just to have a carbon tax. This global reset is necessary. So, Elon Musk is the globalist that we were all concerned about. And that's what's scary, right? Let's take a listen to this. If there's one lesson we can take out of this crisis, it's the World Economic Forum should be shut down. All young global leaders removed from government and Klaus Schwab locked in prison. This is the kind of stuff that they're putting out there. We are advocating to think about this world of digital money as a global public CBDC. When protocols are, are agreed... It, this public platform can connect different CBDCs. I mean, COVID makes it, it accelerates the process of digitalization and automatization, and it makes surveillance go under your skin. You just imagine the situation when everybody goes around all the time with some biometric bracelet. It's going to be the fourth industrial revolution an all-consuming industrial revolution right across the board, the speed of change a thousand times faster than during the first industrial revolution and affecting uh, all services, all products, all countries, all industries and all people. 
It's going to lead to job destruction, so we've got to think about the jobs of the future and how we create them. It's going to lead to massive uh, technological change in the way we deliver uh, services. It's going to force governments to change their minds about how they operate. And all this has been set out by Klaus Schwab in the speech he made uh, in Abu Dhabi. And you see, the difference of this forced uh, industrial revolution is it doesn't change what you are doing. It changes you if you take a genetic editing. So Klaus Schwab comes from a pack of Nazis, you know. Oh, here's uh, um, Klaus Schwab and the big guy, Joe Biden, uh, when Joe Biden was vice president. They're good buddies. Vice President Biden gave the keynote speech on mastering the fourth industrial revolution in Davos 2016. Klaus said the biggest obstacle in the is the middle class. Of course, that's what we here at the Scott Adams Show are busy defending and trying to protect. Klaus says the biggest obstacle is the middle class, and I told you. I got back from Italy many years ago there, and I said the middle class seems to be missing in Europe. And I said that's what I'm afraid is happening here. I've talked about the 20 at the top, 20 at the bottom, and the 60 in the middle. And I said, that's what's under attack. And they're trying to get the upper middle, that 20, to go to the top. They're trying to get that bottom 20 of the middle down into the bottom, independent. So you got the total elites, and then you got the total dependents, representing 40 on each wing. And that's 80% bowing to the wills of globalism with only a mere 20% of that middle-middle class with the common sense uh, trying to raise their family the traditional way, and they're going to get crushed. And this is what we're up against. So let's take a listen to this. So pleased to see you back here Joe in Biden Davos because I remember... Before you assumed your position as Vice President of the United States, you came here as a Senator, you came here as the Chairman of the Foreign Relations Committee of the Senate, and I have to say, in my memory, you were one of the most engaged and hardest working participants here at the annual meeting. I, I watched you uh, in the morning, up to midnight sometimes, one engagement after the other one. And also to our discussion, which uh, we had um, at dinner two, two days ago, um, the fourth industrial revolution has one big challenge. It is the holding out of the middle class. And uh, Dr. Schwab... Uh when we had dinner the other night, I, you and your wife, I, I asked you whether you ever anticipated 22 years ago when you started this, uh, this uh, group that it would ever uh, grow as large and as consequential as it's become. I have made uh, nine, I think, nine other trips. I think this is, uh, quite frankly, uh, um, a more convenient forum than the United Nations to meet with world leaders and business leaders. And uh, it's a great opportunity to, uh, to get an awful lot done. You've written extensively on the topic that you've asked me to speak to. 
Mastering the Fourth Industrial Revolution. This fora defines uh, that as uh, change fueled by a digital revolution. But there are two questions, it seems to me, that we have to address forthrightly at the outset. First, will this revolution actually transform the global economy? And secondly, if it does, will it be for the better or for worse for humanity as a whole? So, you know, having dinner with him, pushing the uh, whole agenda... Let's take a listen to at the World Economic Forum, a Swiss MP proposes cities where there is no individual ownership of cars and encourages punishing any businesses that do not align with environmental goals. Let's take a listen. Important for, for policies really to change the, the rules of the game, no? So that uh, no, sustainability no, no. becomes the easier choice, not just for the people, but also for the companies, no? So also then um, changing the way districts work. For instance, um, I, in Zurich, we have a lot of districts where you actually don't need a car because all the activities, no school, um, uh, buying something, everything you can do in walking distance, no? And by doing that, no, people don't buy a car and it, 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 it's not felt like um, actually they would like to have a car and, that, and they are not allowed to have it, but they simply don't need it because the environment was built in a way that they don't need it. And I think this is what policy needs to, to, to do. They have to change the environment. So a sustainable lifestyle, uh, a lifestyle in harmony with nature is the easiest way to go. And, and also for... Basically what he's saying is he wants a fishbowl where you're the fish and he's the master of the fishbowl. So, you know, outside of Davos, uh, there are all these Mercedes and BMWs and uh, SUVs uh, carrying all these people in on their private jets and eating their steaks and doing all the things that they say you can't do. You got to eat bugs. You got to take public transit. You got to walk and take a bike and all this, that and the other. And you got to set yourself up. You got to live in a certain place. Forget about, you know, Yellowstone or that prairie. No, you're going to live in a shoebox, like New York style, New York City style. And that's going to be that for you, right? For the companies, no? And, and here, perhaps a last point. I really like what you said on following through, no? We had all these nice commitments, we had the Paris Agreement. We also here at World Economic Forum have every year very nice co commitments. What's important is really to follow through and also to also shed the light. Sometimes you're very critical with those who are acting. Say there are, and we need to be critical now and see that there's no greenwashing, but we should also put the light on those who are not acting. And I think policy needs to try, and I think, for instance, Biden's suggestion to, that the government only buys with companies who commit to Paris, who commit to science-based targets. I think that's a smart policy. So that policy tries to leverage also the action from, from companies and somehow gets all companies to act. You know? I think this is a smart way to do politics. Why are all these Nazis um, in charge? <laughs> when did that happen? And, and the other thing is, did you hear that? Biden's government is only buying... And only giving government contracts to those who bow and kiss the ring of the climate initiative 
which directly benefits the Biden crime family because they're heavily invested using Chinese dollars in green energy systems, whether it's mining in the Congo for cobalt, whether it's manufacturing the uh, using um, uh, uh, the Freeport McMoran uh, with the mining, or whether it's uh, Emperex, the Chinese-based man- battery manufacturing firm that the Bidens are partnered with to make the batteries for the electric vehicles. And then there's all these mandates, putting combustible engines out of business, jacking up the price of gas, which is causing inflation across the board. Meanwhile, to mine uh, any of this stuff and to carry the cobalt and the ore and, and the precious metals out, you got to use gas-powered trucks. And all these people are flying in on, on super uh, carbon footprint planes. It's such a farce. It's such a lie. You know, um, it says here, uh, Klaus Schwab's father was a Nazi, and Klaus seems to follow in his footsteps. Uh, until recently, friends called this a conspiracy, but it's not. Let's take a listen. Thanks also to the leadership of China in terms of fighting the pandemic, in terms of reinvigorating its economy, we have now a window of opportunity to create this global reset which we all need. This global reset is necessary because we have seen that our policies which we pursued before the coronavirus struck us, that those policies do not create the necessary inclusion of society necessary for harmonious societal development. And they do not create the sustainability of what we are doing. Just think of the global warming, how fast it is developing in the opposite, into the negative direction. So, we have a great opportunity at this moment, like we had after World War II, to have in some way a new beginning in our global cooperation, in globalization, in managing our global affairs. I hope that we will not miss this opportunity. I want to see Klaus Schwab be one of the factory workers in this new global environment. That would make sense. There's also Roger Stone put out something. It says, in New Zealand, the current prime minister, Jacinda Ardern, a protege of Klaus Schwab, has actually banned newspapers and magazines that don't support the government's narratives. It's true. These people are tyrants. Klaus Schwab hails from the birthplace of Nazism. His father was a director for a company that utilized POW labor supply in their supply of the Nazi military. His, and Soros is not much different. Soros saw his family die at the hands of Nazism and basically left it and almost became one himself as an act of survival. Uh, if you look into his documentary, it's pretty wicked. His dad, uh, Klaus Schwab's dad, went to South America sometime after the war, ultimately returning to Klaus's birthplace where he died in Swabia. 
Uh, there's more to this Klaus Schwab stuff. We've talked about it infinitum. Um, there's another expose called Schwab Family Values. Is the real Klaus Schwab a kindly old uncle figure wishing to do good for humanity, or is he really the son of a Nazi collaborator? Of course, he's the latter. Um, he's a scary dude. This is what uh, Elon Musk is putting his faith into. And here it says, yes, and we are literally at war. I could not believe at the beginning, but we are in a fifth generation war. The battlefield is in our minds. The weapon is a false discourse, aggressiveness, censorship, twisting reality. Yet, when you see that no matter your arguments to bring the conversation to a healthy level of interaction, aggressiveness is the way. Then you realize it is because someone is at war attacking peace, principles, and does not want to compromise. And everything we are living in, the digital arena, is literally as if it would be a war zone with war tactics. Ordinarily, citizens don't know we are at war. We believe we are in business as usual, and it's just politics that has run the dysfunction. But it's more than that. We are truly in a war, and we need to realize who our enemy is. And that's, uh, you know, kind of the most important part. Now, today, I was also going to pivot to um, these very strong statements about COVID. Uh, I think I got one here. Let's take a listen to this. Your story has always been the same. You've been very consistent. Is the vaccine killing people? Yes or no? I'm going to be very clear about this. And I recently just testified in the U.S. Senate, December 7th, 2022, the vaccine is killing people and is killing large numbers of people. It fulfills all the criteria for the Bradford Hill tenets of causality for uh, a medicinal product causing death. Our CDC, as of December 23rd, 2022, has over 16,000 Americans that have died within a few days of taking the vaccine. Now, and that's now, probably a gross underreport. Yeah, and that is a bioweapon uh, generated by... Klaus Schwab's World Economic Forum, funded by it and propagated by the globalists. And that's why they've been so intolerant to anything that counters their goals. Well, hey, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. Be sure to check out magapack.org to find out how we're advancing. And also buglecall.org. That's our other, that's our main one. And then use Red State over at My Pillow. Dot com, and we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, right buddy.